0: Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Food Marketing Nerds. On the show today, we've got Chris Ford, Marketing Director at Deep River Snacks. Their are company on a mission that makes some really delicious and better-for-you chips. Deep River's tagline is, we give a chip, because they commit 10% of their net profits from each bag of chips sold to support a number of different charities. And I love companies like this that use business as a vehicle to make the world a better place. And if you're considering implementing a similar program, you'll have plenty to learn from Chris. In this episode, you're gonna hear how to effectively set yourself apart from the bigger players in the industry, what challenges come with committing a percentage of profit to charity, how to build a social media community around a bigger cause, and plenty more. So let's go chat with Chris. Welcome to the Food Marketing Nerds Podcast, where we talk marketing, branding, and social media with the smartest minds in the business. Here's your host, Alex Osterley. Chris, thanks so much for being on Food Marketing Nerds.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Alex. This is exciting.
0: So can you give our audience a little bit of insight into Deep River Snacks and how you came to be in your role?
1: Sure. Um, well, Deep River Snacks has been around since 2002 and they've been growing and growing you know, over all of that time. Um, but the marketing department actually wasn't established until I got here in January 2015. The brand was really built through an amazing sales team and internal structure and um, some incredible distribution partners. Two years ago, when I joined the team, we we're expanding distribution into other channels and ready to start doing some some marketing to support that.
0: Great. And so, what kind of product offerings does Deep River Snacks have?
1: We have. Well, we say, and it's it is true that we have the world's best line of snacks. So um, we're best known for our kettle chips, um, which are just incredible. I. I try not to eat them all day every day, but it's almost impossible. We have 12 different varieties of, of all natural, gluten-free, non-GMO kettle chips. Everything from your basic original salted to your really unique, um, like New York spicy dill pickle, or my favorite, Ninja Ginger, and um, they're just amazing. What we like to say is that what's in the bag is literally the best chips you'll ever have, but what's on the bag is even more important, and that's our commitment to giving back. So you'll see our tagline because we give a chip and hopefully it makes you smile a bit. But what's behind that is a really true and, and genuine commitment to giving back, giving more than we take, as our founder says. So on the back of every bag, you'll see and read about a charity partner that's personally you know touched the life of an employee here at Deep River and who we partner with to bring um, to, or share some awareness with them and also support them in a number of ways through the packaging.
0: And that's a really cool differentiator from Deep River Snacks and, and really any other chip company that I can think of. Are there any challenges that come with being so ingrained in having a portion of your profits donated?
1: There are, because, you know, from the marketing side, we it's, I guess, a nice problem to have, but we just have so many points of differentiation. You know, we talk about, our great tasting product, which at the end of the day, you know, when people are making that purchase decision, it it really, this is an impulse buy, it's a bag of chips, it has to taste good. Um, And it does. So we want to talk about that and make sure that 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 is established and that's clear. Then we have our functional um, benefits, which, you know, being all natural, of of being non-GMO. Most of our line is non-GMO project verified. Of being certified gluten free, etc., and then we have this charitable commitment, which to us is it, it gets us out of bed every day. This is why you know we spend a lot of time, probably just as much time here in the office, talking about how we can do more to give back, how we can benefit our, our partner charities more, and, and get the word out better. Um, but you know, when a consumer is standing in the store. That's that's quite a lot of information to expect them to digest, and um, and so the challenge is how to prioritize it, and looking at the the entire funnel, and and you know which information goes where, and how do we lead the consumer through that process in a way that's efficient. Our our margins in the potato chip uh, category are, are pretty slim, um, but that's really impactful and and stays with them. So so it is a challenge, but it is it's a very exciting challenge to have.
0: So I know, just in when uh, consumers walk through a grocery store, their attention is just all over the place. There's only so much information you can process, and there's all these different labels. There's so many different brands on the shelves. What part of the, I guess, sales funnel is it that you guys are trying to drive home the fact that you are tied into these these different charities? And there's so many different. There's just such a bigger meaning than a great tasting chip.
1: But throughout all points in the funnel, there's some imitation. Um, this the priori- prioritization of that imitation obviously varies in the store. When they might have children in the cart nagging them, or they might be, you know, just rushing through trying to finish their grocery shopping, um, they're looking for something specific, a specific type of craving or flavor or nutrition pro- nutrition profile, and so we want to answer those questions first, and so. The invitation you know, on the front of the bag is our tagline because we give a chip and if they have that extra few seconds, we talk more about that on the back of the bag and invite them to come to our website and learn more. So at the point of sale, we try and keep it you know, to the functional, you know, you are buying a bag of chips. We want you to know this is a great choice. It's the most delicious chip in the world um, and it meets all your criteria for better for you snacking. And then if you want to keep learning and reading, we give it to you. but hopefully you know people take the bag home and that's really where they start looking at the back of the bag and engaging with us on social media or through the site or what have you and and that's where we really get into you know why each charity is on the bag and and those stories are so indelible and really once you learn about each each story um it's pretty hard to forget and so you know that that happens a little bit later in the store it's it's about the the transaction of You're looking for something delicious and amazing, you know, no sacrifice snacking and that's what this is. And by the way, there's more to it than that if you want to learn more.
0: That's great. And speaking of social, I noticed you guys have some really high quality content in the way of photos and some gifts uh, across Facebook and Instagram. And would you mind just walking us and the listeners through the basic or a high level strategy of, of how you guys approach social media?
1: Oh sure. Um, well, social media, as as you know very well, is very. It's just critical today, um, and we're so thankful to have the opportunity to connect directly with our consumers and have a you know back and forth a dialogue with them get their feedback you know we're we're looking to do a number of things on social one is you know reinforce appetite appeal educate them about the the quality of the products what makes us different as well as the breadth of the line in addition to those 12 flavors of kettle chips i mentioned we also sell baked crisps organic popcorn classic potato chips and most excitingly we launched a line called honchos in january of this year which is it's literally the first organic Doritos that, that actually 100% taste as good as Doritos, but without all of the, um, we call them ickies. But <laughs> they're organic, they're free of artificial dyes and, and MSG and all that nonsense. So not to get too far astray from your question, but you know we want someone who loves our mesquite barbecue chips, for example, we want them to know that we, our passion is giving back, of course, and, and making delicious snacks, but also providing better for you options across multiple salty snack and snacking categories. And part of that is, is honchos, which gets us into the flavored tortilla chip segment. So we do some product uh, education. We talk about our charities. We um, sometimes will partner with our charities to do giveaways that raise money for them by encouraging you know shares and, and spread and engagement. We will also just share some information for, from them um, one of our partner charities is the Chris Klug Foundation, who works to promote organ donation. And so we'll we'll work with them um, to educate people about organ donation and give them a sense of, you know, well, where can I go to learn more? How do I sign up? What is the impact of this? Why is this important? That's, that's really something we, we love to do. And then we provide usage, occasion, information, so maybe a dip recipe or you know, goodness for Super Bowl, we'll be coming out with a lot of awesome ways that people can, you know, bring deep river snacks to the party, but also enhance that with, with other um, pairing ideas. So, um, and, you know, we do a lot of giveaways, of course, because giveaways are just a really great way for us to leverage our our base of fans and get them to, you know, share the brand that they love with their fans. So, um It's a pretty basic and well used tactic, but it definitely is is still working for us, so we're continuing to do a lot of giveaways. On the honcho side, we've been doing some really exciting things, too. So each of those brands, Deep River Snacks, has its own set of social channels. And then Honchos, because it is a differentiated product, um, different category, different usage occasion, it has its own social channels or handles as well. And so on that side, we just launched a really exciting video sweepstakes promotion going after moms um, who we're calling Momchos. And really trying to engage them in a way that's entertaining and exciting um, and respectful and appreciative so that they can understand, you know, Honchos is created to give you a solution. Your kids want to eat Doritos. You don't want them eating the bad stuff. And this is your solution. And so we salute you and and we're calling them momchos, you know, because they're, just amazing and um and we have a funny video and a sweepstakes to go along with it so you know we're just trying to find ways to break through um and disrupt you know everyone's feeds are so cluttered there's so much going on how do we stand out how do we make someone smile while educating them about something that's important to us and and you know making them appreciate that they follow us and not just kind of scrolling through as fast as they can
0: all right, and I'm I'm curious because you guys have a lot of of really great attributes as a, as a company, and the the deeper mission behind not only supporting the charities, but also being verified non-GMO and and gluten free. It in in marketing messages, it can be really easy. It, I guess it's a fine line to making that known as a fact, so that it's so people can discover it, and then coming off as preachy, which I don't think you guys do at all. So. Is there a strategy or can you talk to that point of, I guess, tiptoeing between sounding preachy or avoiding sounding preachy and and still getting the deeper message and and qualities of your product out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, we definitely don't want to alienate alienate anyone or make them feel bad about their choices. But we do want to show them that there is a way to have a great tasting snack without sacrificing on flavor. And so you know, we we try not to go into too much detail around, you know, why are we non-GMO? Because for the people that that's really meaningful to, they already know, or, you know, we might direct them to a place where they can learn more. But we just want to make that information available to them. And then, you know, we do have, as part of our social um, and influencer strategy, um, some, you know, vertical markets, of course, where we're reaching out to the gluten-free community and, and, you know, talking to them a little bit differently because they're very, you know, educated on gluten-free and what that means and the details behind it. And so, you know, those those deeper, more detailed conversations have a place there where they may not, or I would say do not to the mass audience because we don't know... Um, if someone really is super interested in that, um, unless they're part of that niche audience. So we invite them in just like with our charity piece, we invite them in if they want to learn more. We absolutely have more information for them, probably too much (laughs) information for them on our website and the like, but, um, but you know, we try and we go deep on the vertical markets in in each of those areas and then keep it, you know, kind of top line for the general messaging.
0: That makes sense. So, more targeting the message to the audience, being cognizant of the fact that certain audiences do want that information versus uh, maybe the mass broader demographic probably doesn't want that shoved down their throat. Not that you're doing that to the other demographic, but just general.
1: Exactly. And and I think too, you know, for the, for the general audience, you know, where we're not targeting by those verticals we really want them you know we we're a brand that is always looking to do the right thing we don't do it because it's politically correct or mar- you know or because a study told us that we should donate money or we should have you know go to all the way to certified gluten free level of, of, of being gluten free because there are different levels of of that Um, We do it because we believe it's the right thing to do. And so in our communications, we're really looking to support a brand that is trusted and and build that trust with the consumer. So we're always going to be transparent and authentic in in the way we talk, the way we write, how we showcase the product and talk about the product. We have to be genuine. And from that trust, nothing is more important to us than that trust. And then, you know, if people... Want to know more that they, they can so so that's where it all starts is just trust and being truthful
0: Now kind of going back to the that user-generated content uh, Campaign you guys are running with honchos, which look delicious by the way I'm, I'm scrolling through Instagram and that sounds like exactly a product that I would just devour, but <laughs> <laughs> Same with same with Doritos, but then I always feel guilty and disgusting after I do that Exactly when it comes to going to to market with a new product like honchos what does that process look like, and how do you guys make sure that it's successful?
1: Well, it starts with the product, of course. Hanchos actually took five and a half years to develop. Um, our founder uh, Jim Goldberg is just—he has an amazing palate, and he's pretty stubborn. He will not bring a product to market until he is one hundred and ten percent sure it tastes just unbeatable and just amazing, and so. For five and a half years, he worked to replicate, you know, a nacho cheese flavored chip that was just addictive and using all natural ingredients and actually organic ingredients. And so that took a long time. We didn't rush that. Once we had the chip, we did a lot of strategy work on where do we we fit in? So, you know, we're a better for you alternative in the potato chip category right now. And you know, as we look at this new line of honchos, where does it fit into the existing category of flavored tortilla chips and who who would this most appeal to? Because as a small company we don't have the budget of the category leader, in this case a a multi billion dollar, you know, just super huge um brand that is actually quite beloved for most demographics. So, you know, how do we approach it and and so, you know, we're going after moms, we're going after younger uh, younger folks who love snacking but are aware of the trade-offs that are usually involved. And so we we wanted to develop the packaging so that it it made a very clear connection to the product category, um, especially when it's placed in the natural set where things generally, you know, kind of look the same, you know, they're they're gourmet, they're, you, you know, artisan or they're small batch, that kind of, you know, handcrafted look. Honcho's is radically different. It's in a glossy, you know, bold colored bag and it really sticks out like a really flavorful thumb in the natural specialty set and that was on purpose we wanted people to walk by and be like wait something's not right here this this doesn't belong in the natural section and uh, and then you know with the whole you know the graphic of you know the the hand and you know kind of the Shea Guevara style of of the package you know we're we, we say, you know, join the real ingredient revolution like you you can take back your snack You don't need to settle for what's out there. You can have all the flavor without, you know Be putting these ingredients in your body um, And so you know the packaging really had to do a lot of the heavy lifting in the beginning because you know we just we needed to reach people on shelf and educate them about what this was and that there's this new solution for what we believe is a is a problem. And then social, you know, again because our budget is so limited, um, social has been a really big part of the Hancho's story. You know, reaching out and talking with influencers and, and having them, you know, get help us get the word out and and just providing content that that kind of hits both of our audiences. The mom, who we see as the gatekeeper for the younger consumer, and then that, you know, more male, younger consumer as well, reaching them and not turning them off with too much mom talk. So that's been really successful. We have a great agency helping us with that, and, you know, they've been doing a great job.
0: And so those are pretty vastly different demographics. Is the messaging, is it similar to what you were saying with the your other products where you're tailoring the message to the to the medium or is it finding one that's a happy medium between being too extreme one way or the other
1: it's a little bit of both i mean we never want to alienate any audience because in today's world you know we can go channel by channel and say well on instagram we're going to be talking to or on snapchat we're going to be talking to the younger group and on um Facebook we're gonna be talking to the moms, but the truth is is that everyone's seeing everything and you know, it has to all ultimately tie right back to the brand and the brand doesn't change. The the personality of the brand doesn't change. That has to be that's the foundation of everything. And so, you know, we can talk to moms, but when we do we have the same voice that we use to talk to, you know, a sixteen year old kid. Nobody wants to put bad ingredients in their body if they can get something that tastes great. And we're really lucky that now we're finding a lot of the you know Gen Z consumers they're they're so educated and they're so empowered and they they look at the world a lot differently than their predecessors in terms of you know what like we're gonna we're gonna change things um, we're gonna we're not settling and so I think our promise no sacrifice snacking resonates with them just as much as it resonates with their moms. So the specifics of the message, the details and and granularity of the message changes a little bit, but the voice and the personality of the brand is always the same. And I think that's, you know, it is still a challenge, you know, day to day as we look at the posts and, and, you know, just look at the the scheduling and the the message strategy over time. It it continues to be a challenge because we want to really resonate with both groups and talk their language. But, um, but as long as it's anchored back to the brand, um, that that's that's the saving point
0: there and that's interesting i've i've read i've seen market research saying that gen z is actually closer in their i guess wants what how they make purchasing decisions to gen x who is are most likely their parents Mm
1: -hmm. they're influential groups to each other yeah and which is funny because when i was a teenager and please don't ever ask my parents. I mean, I would never <laughs> trust their opinions or, or want to, you know, I was a rebellious teen, I guess. But, um, but yeah, they, they definitely influence each other. And we find Gen X and boomers influence each other as well. So, you know, it's it's interesting how things work that way.
0: So would you say that Gen Z and Gen X, from your experience, are a little bit isolated from millennials, Gen Y? A
1: little bit in some respects. I do think there's some some interesting um commonalities though but it, it it's and you know I think Gen Z is still so young it's hard to um you know that some of them are are too young to even take a survey online so I don't know if really would make too or be too confident in the um the research to date but I mean the early direction is is just really inspiring and and promising
0: That's interesting. So I've got a a few wrap up questions a lot of these we ask uh, a, Big majority of our guests, um, and I, again, I know, especially with uh, with younger, smaller companies, the the marketing role has a bun- wears a bunch of different hats. So, is there anything that you use on a daily basis, productivity hacks, if you will, to keep you on top of your your stuff?
1: That's a that's an interesting question because I've tried so many different tools, you know, Trello and all these, you know, just a ton of other things, and I I love them, but. I keep coming back to the most simple. Just, just every day, just forcing myself to take a step back, look at my list. I write, I hand write a list, um, and I prioritize the list, and you know, kind of look at the calendar and and just think realistically about you know what what's most important, when is it going to get done, and and that way it keeps me focused on on key priorities and make sure that I I can achieve what I need to. Um, and it's just, it's simple and it's also so satisfying to cross things out for me. Um, I know you're, you know, you have a very <laughs> tech background and this is a podcast, but um, but pen and paper are my favorite productivity hacks.
0: Hey, I'm fully on board. Uh, I write, make a to-do list and then cross it off when I've actually made my to-do list just because that, it does feel, it's slightly rewarding. But.
1: Oh, there's nothing better. Yeah.
0: <laughs> is there anything that that you have picked up on, on the job or that you know now that you wish you would have going into your role
1: one of the things I've realized you know through the years is is that I didn't know in the beginning it's just how important a positive attitude is just being engaged and being interested and and taking on new projects and also not being scared to try new things that's you know, I think that's really in my nature, but I never realized how valuable it was until looking back and and saying, "Wow, I, you know, now I, I'm I'm doing some new things that I've never done before, and it's easy to get a little scared because the the stakes are a bit higher now." But, you know, ten years ago, I never did any of those things either, and um, it all worked out really well, and I got great experience and that's been such a big part of my career just jumping in and and doing things and I think having a positive attitude and and that openness to learn and and participate has been a real we don't talk about it enough I think as managers and as organizations but that's just so important Um, I know here with the people I work with I mean everyone just has such a great attitude and is so open and helpful and, and wanting to take on new challenges that's what Companies like ours that are growing so quickly, that's what we not thrive on, I, I guess live on. You know, we need that and, and we're so fortunate to have it with the team we have today.
0: Oh, and I totally agree. It's, the mindset is really everything. And so last question, is there a any books that come to mind as far as business or marketing that have really shaped the way that you approach your job?
1: Yes, so many. Um, I'm always reading. There's so many helpful resources out there, but you know, I keep coming back and it's been, I'm embarrassed to say how many years, but my former boss at Annie's homegrown, Laura Kirkendall, um, had given me a book um, by David Aker called Building Strong Brands. And it's it's foundational, you know, it was written, I don't don't even remember what year it was written in, but it's just such a nice, solid framework for thinking about branding. And I keep it here in my office and I refer to it often. And um, it's just been a great reference
0: for me so every time i hear of a new book that i haven't read i always go and basically order it on amazon immediately so i consistently have new books coming that just stack up so i'll I'll get to them eventually but that i'll add that one to the list well thank you so much christine it's it's been a pleasure and and uh, i love to hear what you guys are doing and uh the the way that you're supporting uh all these different charities through deep river snacks and, and now honchos and i am pumped to try these new these new tortilla chips
1: well thanks so much for having me alex this has been great i appreciate it
0: absolutely and where can people go to find out more about honchos or deep river snacks
1: um deep riversnacks.com um or we would be your best bet
0: great well thank you again and i'm sure we will talk again soon
1: yeah absolutely all right thanks alex
0: Thank you all again so much for listening to the podcast. And if you guys are finding any value or enjoying what you're listening to, we would really appreciate if you go over to iTunes and give us your honest feedback in the ratings and review section. It would really help us out. So thank you all again. And we'll look forward to talking to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Food Marketing Nerds Podcast. For interview transcripts or to download your free social media ebook, check out foodmarketingnerds.com.